I had a couple things rolling around in my heart uh, today, and so I'd like for you to look at Psalms 34, Psalms 34, and uh, we're going to go ahead and, and pray, and I believe the Lord's got a, a good word for us tonight, something that you can not only hear, but that you can act upon. Father, thank you for the word of the Lord. Thank you for this church. Thank you for these people. Thank you for all of the folks that call Heart of the Bay their home. We pray for their well-being. We know there are some, Lord, specifically that are going through serious testings and trials right now. We extend our faith toward the family of God here at Heart of the Bay. And we pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, for your presence and your goodness to be in manifestation in their lives. Strengthen each and every one, we pray, in the name of Jesus. Where there's discouragement, Lord, may they be encouraged in you, in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalms 34, a very familiar uh, psalm, said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. That's a good thing to do. That's what we've done tonight. And that's what we're doing tonight. And notice verse 4. Notice that verse with me. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and delivered me from all of my fears. Is it a good thing to seek the Lord? Is it a good thing to come boldly to the throne of grace, to obtain mercy and find grace to help in your time of need? Well, David said, I sought the Lord and he heard me. I'm glad and I know you are that his ears are open. Amen. To the cry of the righteous. So I sought the Lord. He heard me. But not only did he hear me, he delivered me from not half of my fears, not three quarters of my fears, but he delivered me from all of my fears. Now that is awesome news. Amen. Now go over to Hebrews chapter 2. Notice with me in verse 14 and 15. Hebrews the second chapter. In verse 14 and 15. And just this word that I have in my spirit for tonight is no fear. No fear. Amen. Well in verse 14 of Hebrews 2 it says this. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood. He also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil. Verse 15, And deliver them who through the fear of death were all of their lifetime subject to bondage. Of course, before I was born again and before many of you were born again, Fear ran rampant in our lives. And we really probably didn't even know that because we were in another system, in a godless world system, and thus bondage was very evident in our lives. So this fear of death makes a person subject to bondage. Now, let's fast forward to after we got born again. After we get born again, 
That does not mean that fear will stop knocking on our door. Amen? As a matter of fact, sometimes the torment and the fear can intensify once a person has been saved. Amen? Why? Because he once knew, he knew that he had you in bondage for good, but now he knows, glory to God, when you get in the word and you find out that God didn't give you a spirit of fear, but a power and a love and a sound mind, his days of tormenting you and me are over with. Amen? So there is no more bondage in a person's life who knows how to take their place in Christ and take the dominion over fear that God has given every one of us. Now let's uh, just look at Romans chapter 8 and verse 15. Romans 8, the 15th chapter. Familiar verses of Scripture, but you know repetition is one of the keys to teaching. It's extremely important. Faith does not come by having heard. Faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, notice in Romans 8, 15, it says, For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, or Daddy, Daddy. So, we understand that fear can bring bondage into a person's life. In the book of 1 John, the scripture talks about that how that we have believed and known the love that God has to us. And it talks about that God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. And then he goes on to say something very profound. He says, there is no fear. Everyone say no fear. There is no fear in love. In other words, when you and I have a greater understanding and a revelation and believe in the great love that God has to us, that will put fear out of doors. It will dispel every trace of terror. And Satan is the master terrorist. And so he brings tormenting thoughts to the city of our souls, trying to get us to take the bait, amen, so that he can then bring us under a yoke, if you will, of bondage. But oh, say it with me, there is no fear in the perfect love of Christ. Because this love, what does it do to fear? It casts out fear. The only thing fear is good for is to be cast out. Not to be entertained. Not to be thought upon and dwelt upon. But to be cast out. Amen. So, for every tormenting thought that would bring a man or a woman into bondage, God has given us a liberating truth from the Word of God that will set us free and keep us free. Faith and fear are as opposite as north and south. 
Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And fear comes by hearing and hearing by the words of the enemy. Amen? So we need to then realize that any time that the enemy brings these thoughts to our minds, we must, number one, resist them. Resist them. Now, in James chapter 4 and in verse 7, the Bible says, Submit yourself to who? Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil. And what will he, what will he do? He will flee from you. That word flee there means he will run from you as in terror. Think about it. The master terrorist is running from men and women who take their place and resist him with the name of Jesus and with the word of God. So understand this. Well, Pastor Mark, the Bible says resist the devil and he will flee from you. Well, fear is of the devil. It is a spirit. And so when these thoughts of disease come, these thoughts of lack come, these thoughts of discouragement come, these thoughts of depression come, what we need to do is be completely armed with the word of God and rise up and resist every tormenting thought that comes to our mind. Amen? And then the next thing we need to do is we need to make sure that not only are we resisting those thoughts, but that we are replacing them with the word. Amen? Replace them with what thus saith the Lord. So it's important for us to know the word. It's great if Pastor Tom knows the word, it's awesome. If Pastor Brenda knows the word, but we need to arm ourselves with the word of God and know what the word of God says for us. And then be ready to use it against the enemy when he comes. That's exactly what Jesus did. When the enemy came along and tempted Jesus, he said, why don't you turn that stone into bread? What did Jesus say? He said, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And then he tempted him to, you know, put himself up on a high mountain, throw himself down. Jesus said, it is also written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord your God. Amen. So Jesus is our example of resisting the enemy with the written word of God or if you will, with the rhema word of God. The rhema word of God is the spoken word of God. And so for that word to carry, if you will, the kind of creative power that will move mountains and that will put those things on the run, that word must be dwelling in us richly. And so therein, we must then be men and women who meditate on the Word of God. He told us in Joshua 1.8, I've got a bunch of scriptorians in here tonight. I know this crowd. Joshua 1.8, he said, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, 
that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Amen. To meditate means to dwell on. It means to ponder. It means to think upon. So find scriptures, if you will, that cover your case. Probably one of the greatest fears that the enemy comes to us and you, probably one of the greatest fears is the fear of lack. The fear of lack. Now, we'll never overcome the fear of lack by natural, natural means. We can only come the fear of lack by looking lack square in the face and telling lack what the word says. Anybody got a scripture for me tonight? How you would replace the thought of lack with the word of God. Anybody know a scripture? Raul. Shout somebody. The Lord is my shepherd. And what? I shall not want. Yeah, Mona. That's all right. He gives seed to the sower. Amen. Hallelujah. How about this one? Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. Anybody know what Philippians 4, 19 says? Okay, we're going to get it up on the screen. Then we're going to say it all together. My God shall supply. I like what Raul said. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That basically means I shall not lack. There is no lack. For my God supplies all my need. And he does it according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Have you ever had a big need in your life and you saw Jehovah Jireh come through for you? Oh, hallelujah. He is the Lord, our provider. And before the provision shows up, a good thing to say on a regular basis is this. The Lord will provide. It's just like Abraham. He said when, uh, you know, that Isaac asked him, I see the wood, I see the fire, but where's the offering? What did Father Abraham said? He said, the Lord will provide. And did not the Lord provide? The Lord provided by putting a ram in the thicket. I'll tell you right now, God's got some rams in the thicket for you. God's got some things to intersect with your faith as you continually declare and confess what he says in the face of apparent lack. You'll see God be God and show up big in your life. It never ceases to amaze me just how good our father is. Amen. And he will use the most unlikely people to meet your need. He will use people that you didn't even, you know, who? God is God. He uses the unusual 
And he uses the unlikely. You know what that does for me? That puts me in the faith zone and in the trust zone and in the keep my eyes on Jesus zone. Lord, I just know that you're Jehovah Jireh. I don't know who. I don't know when. I don't know where. But I know my God and my God will come through. Amen. Thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph. Thank you, Jesus. I like what David said. Hey, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Nor his seed out begging for bread. Did you know that believers are not beggars? Believers are not victims. Believers are victors. Glory to God. Say it now with me. I believe that I receive my every need met spiritually, social, soul, soulishly, physically, materially, relationally. There is no need that my God has not provided for. And so I enter in to the rest of God. And I declare it is finished. It is done. Yeah. So replace it. Replace it. You know, there's days where, you know, in the natural realm, you may feel a little down. And you may not feel maybe perhaps as up as you felt the day before, or maybe you even come to church and, you know, you have kind of a, a mountaintop experience and the spirit of God is really moving and people are jumping and people are shouting and revelation is just flowing, man. And you just leave the church and you feel like you're floating out the door. I don't know if you've ever been there, but I'm there a lot. I like that. But, uh, but then, you know, maybe you go to a service and, hey, well, you know, it was good and everything and it was, it was awesome. But, uh, you know, just something, just something didn't, didn't click for me. Anybody ever been there? I've been there. Well, it's kind of like in our daily life, the enemy would love to jump on you when you do not feel good, naturally speaking. Or maybe, you know, in the, in the natural realm, you, you feel a little down, you know, and, uh, God wants us to live in a place where we don't yield to being down. But this world has a downward pull to it. And this world has an oppression to it. And this world even has a depression to it. Now, if we yield to fear and we yield to what's going on in the world, the spirit of the world can pull you down to where you just feel down in the dumps. Now, you've got to realize that that is an attack on your soul. And so here's what David did. David, in the midst of of seemingly all hell breaking loose in the midst of probably one of the biggest down days that David ever experienced. I mean, they were picking up stones to stone him. 
Their wives were gone. Their children were gone. The city of Ziklag where they live was completely burned. But here's what David did. David had a talk with his soul. And he said, so why art thou cast down? And why art thou disquieted within me? And he said, soul, here's what you're going to do today. You're going to hope in God. And you're going to praise him even when you don't feel like praising him because he is the health and the joy of your countenance. Come on, somebody. So what David did in the midst of all hell breaking loose, he said, excuse me, boys. Excuse me, men. Excuse me now. I've got to go encourage myself in the Lord. When you can't find a circumstance that will encourage you, when it's not a sunny day, maybe it's a rainy day, you've always got the Most High God where you can run to Him and you can encourage yourself in the Lord your God. And you'll never encourage yourself in the Lord by yielding to discouragement. Well, I, I just don't know. I don't know why. Oh, me. I just don't feel good today. And oh, Jesus, everything around me seems like it's going to hell in a handbasket. No, you need to shut that down. And you need to resist that. Because I've discovered this, that when you put yourself in a position to be encouraged in the Lord, you will discover that he, in fact, is not only your shepherd, he is not only your great need meter, but he is also the glory and the lifter up of your head. Come on, somebody. Say it with me. He's my shield. He's my fortress. He's my glory and the lifter up of my head. Amen. And so some days you just got to stir yourself up and get your motor running. Your motor's your mouth. I would never call you a motor mouth. But I mean to get your spiritual motor running, you got to mix your faith up. Amen? And open your mouth and praise Him in your midnight hour. Praise Him when things don't look good. Praise Him when you don't feel good. And you will see Him come on the scene and inhabit your praises and lift you up right up out of the doldrums where you belong. Amen? Amen. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Now, here's what we know about fear. It's not of God. It is not something that we should entertain, but it's something that we should resist. And also, we've discovered this, that we need to replace fear-filled thoughts with faith-filled thoughts. Or we could say it this way, replace devil-filled thoughts with God-filled thoughts. Thinking the thoughts of God, speaking the word of God, declaring who you are and what you have and where you are in Christ Jesus, you will be a long way down the road by living in a constant state of encouragement in the presence of God. So good. So good. Now, how many have ever heard of the word hope? And then you've heard of the word despair. Now, faith, when a person is really in faith, 
and not yielding to fear, a man or a woman that's in faith will always expect the best. See, faith, it is the substance of things that we hope for. Because you have a firm foundation of the word of God, you have a legal right, you have a biblical right to expect the best. But fear, on the other hand, always expects the worst. Hope in God expects the best. Despair will always expect the worst. So we have to make the decision of which side of the street we're going to live on. Are we going to live on the hope side where we're looking for the best and expecting the best? Or are we going to live over here on the side of despair where we're looking at the circumstances and we're expecting the worst? I'm telling you what, as for me and my house, and I know this, as for you, we're living over on Hope Street. We're living over on Faith Alley. Amen? Glory to God. And that will take you into a place where you have an attitude of victory. You, you, you will have a, a, a mindset, if you will, that, you know what? God is going to take that situation some way, somehow, and he's going to turn it around. Amen. He's going to turn it around for me. Amen? So, don't get in one of these things where you start having organ recitals. You know what an organ recital is? Go to some of the senior centers and listen very carefully at some of the organ recitals. People are talking about their shins. They're talking about their knees. They're talking about their sinuses. They're talking about their age. Oh, I'm just, I'm just getting so old. I had a guy in my office the other day. He's close to 80 years old. And uh, he said that around the place he lives, he lives in one of these centers. He says around the place he lives, I mean, these folks are like 60, 61, and 62. And they're walking around like this. And I'm not talking about them having strokes. But they're just kind of walking around with their nose to the ground. Nothing to live for, nothing to hope for, expecting the worst. We need to live, leave the realm of organ recitals and to start declaring every organ and every tissue of my body functions in the perfection to which God created to function. And I forbid any malfunction in my body in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And listen, what is not well, call it well. Come on, somebody, help a brother out tonight. What doesn't feel well, call it well. Somebody says, well, I got some kidney problems. Well, glory to God, we got the solution to kidney problems. It's called Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. I'm calling my kidneys well. Amen? Well, I don't know, I get these migraines four or five times a month. Stop saying that. That's like signing a package. Close that door and begin to say what God's word has to say about you. Say you're healed even if you don't feel healed. Say your needs are met even if they aren't in the natural realm. 
Say it and you will seize it and you will have it. I just dropped by tonight to encourage you in the Lord a little bit with the word of faith, with the word of God, this life-changing word, this word that heals, this word that prospers, this word that lifts, this word that saves, this word that delivers. Woo! Glory to God. Somebody hold my mule. I'm about to shout. Glory to God. Yes. And then don't walk around trying to change everyone's confession. You got your own lips to keep. Don't know what word I'm looking for, but you got to get, get a grip on a lip for yourself. Amen. So don't try to change everybody else's confession. You just keep your confession good. I said, you just keep your confession good. Hallelujah. Have you discovered that faith is, in fact, the victory that overcomes the world? Oh, glory to God. And so I'm expecting the best. I'm expecting to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Somebody says, yeah, but pastor, look at all the empty chairs. I'm not looking at empty chairs. I'm looking at God's people tonight. I'm not moved by that. By faith, I see the church full. Hallelujah. But I'm not going to wait till it's full to preach my best. I'm not going to wait till it's full to declare God's goodness. I'm going to do my very best every day of my life for the glory of God. And that's what we got to do in our lives is just to do our very best. Whatever we do, we need to do for the glory of God. Whether you're sweeping the floor, cleaning the toilet, whatever the case may be, glorify God every fiber of your being every day of your life. And he will reward you and he will prosper you and his hand will be upon you and he will promote you and he will cause you to ride upon the high places of this earth. Amen. Come on, let's lift our hands and thank him for it. Woo, glory. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, brother, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? I don't think anything about it. I'm not living by what I think. I live by what I know. And I know in whom I have believed. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Amen? How many of you know you're saved? You got to know so salvation, right? So you need to shout, you're not going to hell, you're going to heaven. Well, now, brother, how do you know you're going to make it to heaven? Because he that has the Son has life. He that has not the Son of God has not life. And I got the Son, and I'm on my way to heaven. Well, how can you say that? Listen again. <laughs> Amen. Well, how do you know that it's going to go this way? I know one thing. I'm not living by what the world say. I'm not living by what the devil say. I'm living by what God say. And I'm going to say the same thing that God say. And I will have what I say. Because I'm a whosoever having whatsoever I say. So when the mountain looms in my way and fear knocks on the city of my soul, I resist it, I replace it, I receive the love of God, and I rejoice in the Lord my God. Amen. So number one, everyone say, I resist. Number two, say, I replace. Number three, say, I receive. Oh, there's power in receiving. 
You know, Jesus talked a lot about receiving. One of the greatest verses of scriptures that I know that has the word receive in it is Mark 11 and verse 24. I want you to look at that, if you would, with me very quickly. Man, I like preaching without notes. Thank you, Lord. Mark 11, verse 24. Notice this. Are you ready to shout again? We're a shouting church. If you don't like a shouting church, well, go find a quiet church. Because this is a shouting church. Amen. This is a running church. This is a dancing church. Amen. Let's read it together. Ready, read. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray... Now, what do you do when you pray? What do you do when you pray? Believe you receive them. What do you do when you say based on God's word and believe? Amen. You believe it and you receive it. In other words, as you're replacing those thoughts with the good word of God in your heart, you're saying, Lord... I believe your word and I receive your word into my life. And today is my receiving day. I wonder how that would change our mindset if we operated with that kind of an attitude daily where we woke up in the morning and before our feet hit the floor and say, thank God, today is my receiving day. Today is my receiving day. What am I going to receive today? I'm going to receive supernatural favor. Today's my favor day. I believe it. I receive it. Well, I haven't received anything for two years. Get your motor running. <laughs> Get your mouth running. Start saying what God said. Raise your right hand toward heaven and say it with me. Tonight... Is my receiving night. Today. Is my receiving day. Today. Is my favor day. The favor of God. Is going before me this day. And it's opening doors for me. That no man can shut. Windows of light. Doors of opportunity. And streams of provision are coming my way because today is my receiving day. Put your other hand up and say, I receive, I receive, I receive, I receive. Hallelujah. Hmm. And so when you say what God said, you put into motion your faith. On this side, on your part. But then he, on his part, goes to work in the unseen realm and begins to bring those things towards you. And as you stay in faith and hold fast the profession of your faith, you will see those things that you believe you receive come to you and they will intersect with you and you will come to your day of divine appointment. Amen. Hallelujah. That's why he tells us 
to hold fast the confession of our faith without wavering. Because why? Because he is faithful, guys. He is faithful. He is faithful that promised. So don't let go. Retain. Retain. Just like that ram was moving up that mountain early in the morning when Abraham saddled up his donkey with his son. He headed up the mountain, and somewhere or another, that ram kind of got lost. And by the time that Abraham got there to the altar, that ram got his horns stuck in a thicket. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, God's bringing some good things to pass in my life. And he's bringing to pass some good things in your life and in this church. Amen. Everyone say, thank you, Lord, for bringing it. Lastly, the last word I have is this. Here's the words I got. Resist, replace, receive, and lastly, rejoice. Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Amen. Last scripture of the night, Habakkuk chapter 3, and you can stand up. Habakkuk chapter 3, Pastor Tom's going to come to the piano, and we're going to just do, you know what? We might just do the Tulsa two-step or, you know, fake it till we make it, but we're going to rejoice in the Lord. Amen? Habakkuk chapter 3, and uh, notice with me in verse 17. Your joy and your peace are indicators that you are in the faith zone. Amen. Once you believe you've received, don't mope. Just keep your, keep your praise going. Amen. Now notice this verse. Very interesting. He says, now, although the fig tree shall not blossom, although something may not be working here, neither shall the fruit be in the vines, and the labor of the olive shall fail. There ain't no olive to put olive oil to put on my toast. But even everything like that, that might be going on, and the fields shall eat, yield no meat. I got to become a vegan for a couple days. Even though. And the flocks shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. In other words, the flocks aren't flocking. They're not getting together. The future don't look so bright, but in spite of all that, come on, somebody, in spite of you just getting laid off, in spite of you just getting a bad report from the doctor, in spite of this, in spite of that, verse 18, <coughs> here's what we're going to do. Verse 18, da, 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 da. yet, <laughs> yet, yet, yet. Yet! <laughs> Yet! <laughs> Yet! Yet! In spite of it! Yet! Yet I will rejoice in the Lord! I will joy in the God of my salvation! Have you got something to shout about tonight? Have you got something to rejoice about tonight? Let's sing to the Lord and give praise to Him.